Thus begins the 30th week of the 2021st year, as measured by common convention. This is July 26, 2021, and this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement seeks to capture some of what's happened in week 29. There's no set way to navigate through time, but laying down these breadcrumbs is a good way to start. I'm your host and producer, Sean Tubbs, and let's get through this one together. On today's program, there's an uptick continuing in COVID cases throughout Virginia. Charlottesville City Council approves the Fontaine Avenue streetscape design and extra funding for the Meadow Creek Valley Trail. And Charlottesville Area Transit continues route change public input sessions while Albemarle gets ready for theirs. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, with the summer heat in full swing, your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, wants you and yours to keep cool. LEAP offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. Today, the seven-day average for new COVID-19 cases in Virginia is 671, and the seven-day percent positivity has increased to 4.3%. As of today, 53.6% of Virginians are fully vaccinated, and do keep in mind that this number includes people under the age of 12 who cannot yet receive a shot. From June 19th to July 18th this year, there have been 8,012 new cases of COVID in Virginia, and just over 97% of them are in people not fully vaccinated. There have been 25 deaths in that period, and all but two were in people not fully vaccinated. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia. I think we're um, we're fortunate in 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 Charlottesville and, and Albemarle and our, our surrounding communities because we have uh, a relatively high vaccination rate, and we also are in a state that um, um, is is one of those um, you know minority of states um, that have vaccine rates that are above fifty percent, and that's provided I think some barriers to um, widespread transmission of of, of Delta. Dr. Sifri acknowledged the uptick in cases, but said other parts of the country are experiencing much steeper climbs. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission has been granted $2 million to spend on affordable housing projects. This funding comes from a statewide initiative from Virginia Housing called Resources Enabling Affordable Community Housing in Virginia, or REACH. Earlier this month, the Virginia Housing Agency announced it would spread about $40 million around the state. Nonprofit groups, developers, and others will be able to apply for the funding to help finance new construction. The interim director of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission is Christine Jacobs, and she says that the funding puts the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership in a strong position to be able to contribute to affordable housing solutions. The TJPDC has received funding for planning projects related to housing, but this is the first time the regional agency will play a role in the financing of actual projects. Details to follow, and we'll learn more at the TJPDC's meeting on August 5th. Work on the replacement of the Belmont Bridge is picking up. 
Beginning today, flagging crews will periodically halt the flow of traffic while work is conducted to relocate utility lines. Here's a release that was sent out on Friday afternoon. The contractor is undergrounding electrical as well as telecommunication lines to accommodate the future pedestrian underpass under 9th and Avon Street between South Street and Monticello Road. More information about how construction will be conducted will be given out at an information meeting on August 11th. Today is a catch-up episode, and we'll begin with items from last week's city council meeting. Charlottesville will seek additional funding to implement a plan to build a trail along Meadow Creek through the city of Charlottesville. Trails planner Chris Jenzik told council the details last week on a transportation alternatives grant opportunity offered by the Virginia Department of Transportation. The grant the Parks Department is pursuing is to construct a long-awaited portion of ADA accessible trail along the Meadow Creek Valley from the Mickey Drive area up to the Virginia Institute of Autism at Greenbrier Drive and also around the corner to Greenbrier Park. The city will use $135,000 from an already funded capital account for trails to match federal dollars that come through VDOT for a total of $600,000. That's on top of about three hundred and seventy-five dollars we already have for this particular project. Um, costs have gone up over the years, and so we've, we've determined that we're going to need this extra money for that particular project in Meadow Creek. Council also approved the design for the $11.7 million Fontaine Avenue streetscape, a project funded by VDOT's SmartScale process in 2017 that is working through the process from idea to construction. Kyle Kling is a transportation planning manager for the city of Charlottesville. In January of 2020, uh, council accepted the planning commission's recommendation Uh, that this project's conceptual design was found to be in accordance with the city's comprehensive plan. But what is the project, and what will it do for the half-mile stretch of Fontaine Avenue from city limits to where the roadway becomes Jefferson Park Avenue? Owen Peary is an engineer with design firm RK&K. In line with the city of Charlottesville's overall transportation goals, the project seeks to make Fontaine Avenue a complete street, which improves accommodations for all users ensuring safe passage for passage for pedestrians and bicyclists, understanding that this serves as a gateway corridor into the city and ensuring the impression is attractive and improving access to local facilities and ensuring these connections are also easily accessed by pedestrians, bicyclists, and transit users. Final design will continue while property is acquired for public right-of-way, and construction will begin sometime in 2023. Councillor Michael Payne had a question about something not in the plan. I've been reading through some of the community feedback. There are a couple people who raised the question of why these aren't protected bike lanes with bollards or some kind of physical separation between the bike lane and the road where cars are. Kling said the main reason is the need to keep the travel lanes accessible to emergency vehicles, given the presence of the Fontaine Fire Station. Uh, We felt that if we were to put 11-foot travel lanes out there with some type of separated facility restricting access, uh, it would make it more challenging for those vehicles to travel um, the corridor when needed. The other reason is the presence of lots of driveways along the roadway, which would need to be closed. Mayor Nakaya Walker asked City Manager Chip Boyles to ask the University of Virginia to contribute financially if there are any cost overruns. 
Specifically, she suggested the city could ask to transfer some of UVA's $5 million commitment for the fourth phase of the West Main Streetscape project. There's a lot of traffic in that area due to, um, you know, their work too, that maybe that could be transferred maybe. Like, I think it's a conversation that is worth having. At the very end of the meeting, City Councilor Heather Hill asked if the city would be playing any role in the plight of Greyhound, which has closed its station on West Main Street, but still picks up passengers on the street. And I just want to acknowledge to the public that we're hearing the frustrations. Um, the most recent comment that came today was around the role our own um, cat our own bus station could play in that as a housing place for, for those stops. City manager Chip Boyles said he is concerned about the situation. A lot of our, our citizens utilize Greyhound to travel. Um, we are very limited in what we can do because it is a private carrier and a private service. Boyles said the city has been asked to provide a shelter, but they can't do so on private property without a landowner's permission. Still, he is trying to work out a solution. We would love to, to talk with Greyhound. Um, I know that they have inquired, um, but the last that we heard, they were just looking for somebody to take over the service. For many years, the city helped subsidize Greyhound, but stopped that practice beginning with the fiscal year 2014 budget. Two other intracity bus services travel through Charlottesville, though both go north to south rather than southeast to Richmond. These are the Piedmont Express, which is run by the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation, and Megabus. Both of these services utilize a stop at Arlington Boulevard and Barracks Road. Keeping on the transit theme, last week, Charlottesville Area Transit held the second of two public input sessions on upcoming route changes. The presentation on July 21st was the same as five days earlier. This time, the first question came from Jane Colony Mills, the executive director of the food pantry Loaves and Fishes. We are located down Lambs Road um, at the intersection of Hydraulic and Lambs, which is Whitewood on the other side. So we're next to Albemarle High School. And we serve probably 25 to 30% of Charlottesville's population. But if you don't have a vehicle, they can't get to us. The nearest bus line is Route 5, and the nearest stop is about three quarters of a mile away from the nearest stop on Commonwealth Drive. I was out doing registration today, and there are just numerous people who have to catch rides or figure out other ways of accessing our services because they can't get here on public transport. Another person on the call wanted to know if service could be restored to Albemarle Square, which has a new tenant in the form of a new grocery store. CAT Deputy Director Joan Lee explained why there are no bus routes there anymore. The property owner actually asked us to leave the property, and so until they invite us back in, um, we will not be able to serve the property directly. The route changes will all have to be approved by council before going into effect later this year. And this week, Albemarle County and the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission will begin the public input component of a study about ways to expand transit in urban Albemarle, with the goal of increasing service to Route 29 north of the Rivanna River, to Pantops, and to Monticello. Tonight's meeting deals with service in the north and begins at 6 p.m. 
and that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for July 26th, 2021. This is another catch-up week, and tomorrow's episode will bring you information about the Housing Advisory Committee meeting last week, as well as going back a couple of weeks to Habitat for Humanity's update on the Southwood Mobile Home Park down in Southern Albemarle County. Lots of information and lots of moving parts in this community, and that is the goal of Charlottesville Community Engagement. So if you're listening to this program for the first time, thank you so much. The goal here is to bring you the words and comments of people who make decisions or want to influence decisions as often as possible, so you can get a picture of uh, who is doing what in this community and why. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and uh, I will be back tomorrow with another installment. I would like to thank the company Ting once again for contributing a match to anybody who subscribes through Substack. So if you subscribe through Substack at the $5 a month, the $50 a year, or the $200 a year level, that will all be matched by Ting. Thank you, Ting. And uh, thank you to everybody listening. Be back tomorrow with another installment. Please stay safe out there.